All right, welcome to Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing Studio in Las Vegas, KSHP. I, I'm so, well, sponsored by Station Casinos, brought to you by the STN app. I'm so angry the more that I think about this Pete DeBoer firing. We'll talk about that in a second. To my left, Krista Moose Johnson behind the controls. Hello. To my right, Steve, two-time Hall, Fam- Hall of Famer. And, and there was something else that I read, too, about you. Did, did you? Six times about Six, there it is. Six times. Which is very, you know, because your peers vote for you. That That's... That's as nice as the other honors. And, and yeah. also, you know, having written two books have fulfilled my life dream of being an author. I, I look, I've been, a, I've been very blessed, and now I get to co-host a hockey show which is, with a good friend in you. Right, which has got to be wonderful. cherry on top of the career. It's, it's, you know, let me tell you something. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this, this is going to fill 30 minutes. Go ahead. What's that? We've been doing this a week now. Today is a week since we yes, first that's correct. teamed up. You should hear the compliments I get from people that I know that listen and say how much they're enjoying it, having the two of us together talking hockey every day. I get the same thing. So I, I get it's so much better now Steve's there. He says, No, 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 no. That's not a rip on Stevie Slapshot. That's a rip on me. Not on Stevie Slapshot. Oh, okay. It's it's so much, but you. You you, love Stevie. Stevie's my guy. It sounded. Way, way back. You know, it's funny. I'll tell you a quick Stevie Slapshot. Not true, Stevie Slapshot. First year of the Golden Knights were at City National watching practice. And this was during training camp. During the. First year. Right. During the, the, the camp or. The this is in camp. They pre-camp. They're using both rinks. Yes, okay. Okay. And George McPhee is about 20 feet from us. Valuation camp. Stevie That's and I are talking, say. and Stevie says, hey, Carpy, here's George McPhee. I said, why don't you go say hi to him, knowing that George would not acknowledge him. Sure enough, Stevie walks over to George, says, hi, George, how are you? George doesn't even look at him, doesn't acknowledge him. And that was the first year. And that was the first year. I have a be- I have a story like I that too. I, I'm yeah. walking through the bowels of T-Mobile Arena, mm-hmm. and George and I are walking in a opposite direction. No, 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 in the same direction oh. towards each other. He's looking down at something, right. and I've got my best jovial face on. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna say hi to George. And I looked down, and I looked up, and there goes George, ducking out. <laughs> ducking out in the closest, the closest opening he could find. I'm like, George. Right. I mean, come on. Anyway, and, whatever. And hey, but I will say this. He was the first. He came on him, and Eric Tosi, and a few of these other guys. And, you know, we just wanted to get somebody on to talk about the team, and they were they were gracious with their time. Hey, listen, I, I this may not be George McPhee's – Thing you know, he doesn't like to talk to the media. He doesn't want to do. No media, he knows. No, no, he he doesn't want to talk to American media. He doesn't. He he just wants to do his job, for better or worse. And and that's cool. It's cool. But we, you know, we would like to hear from him from time to time. I mean, be awesome to have him come on the show. It would (laughs) come by the studio. Yes. Oh well. Not that far. All the best. 
from Summerlin. I do it every day. He could do it. Kelly McCribbin should come on. Well, I mean, Don Sweeney has no problem going on Boston radio. Yeah. And I realize Don Sweeney's the GM. And I get the... I think there's other GMs around the league who of course. will do local yes. stuff, I'm sure. I'm sure Kevin Dayoff does stuff in Winnipeg, I'm sure. And, of course, I'm well aware that he's not the GM. <laughs> I get it. But he's the GM. It's, he's bigger than the GM. He's the GM. I mean, yeah. that's that's just, I mean, well, to, to, to think otherwise. So anyway, is, the guy who is the GM, Kelly McCrimmon, yeah. did address the media yesterday. I was there and got admonished for having my phone still on. Got to put it on silent mode. Wow, we talk about that all the time on this show. It's, it's been a while. Ding. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think my phone's gone off since I've been on the show. But every time it dings, something good happens. Silent, which yeah. I'm about to do now. Anyway, my phone goes off. I quickly, and of course Kelly says to me, you know, a smart ass remark, and I said, guilty. Two minutes for delay of press conference. I you should have said, uh, sorry about that. Rick Tockett was. Was uh, texting me. Yeah, <laughs> see, you know, that's why they don't invite me. If I was a little me. bit sharper, I, I would have said that. Because <laughs> I'm not one to uh, back down without a wisecrack of my own. I mean, what, what's the worst they're going to do? Throw me out of the room? Well, with, with a minute to go in the in the news conference. So anyway, so Kelly was in front of the media, and he was already pretty much said on his message and yeah he took questions for about 20 minutes or so but basically he was controlling the message on this thing and that's basically that what Pete DeBoer did in the past was fine but we need something better going forward well let's uh, dive into that in a second but what I want to do is first we'll get to the show rundown second second hour uh, Randeep Janda from Hockey Night Punjabi and Sportsnet 650 in Canada will join us. And then second on Vegas Hockey Hotline, Andrew McGinnis, who is the co-host of Puck Time on Wager Talk TV and professional handicapper for Wager Talk, will break down uh, the remaining uh, the two series uh, that will be played tonight and get his opinion on that for sure. And but the NBA Conference Finals begin tonight. And the NBA Conference Finals. I, I got this. I, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I, I come prepped. And the draft lottery. Today. And draft lottery. Okay, first of all, let's... What's going on? I, our boy Chris Johnson's got uh, a little snippet from yesterday's press conference. A good question. We haven't done, uh, put any uh, work into who those candidates are yet. These were independent decisions, which the offseason allows you uh, to do. Uh, you know, the you know the leadership the you know the bench management the ability to communicate with players you know, all of the uh, all of the expected answers is what i would give you i don't think that we're uh, out to solve a deficiency we felt we had you know we're going to we're going to go through a process where we hire the best possible candidate we can hire and uh, bring him in here to to lead our team and of course that was general manager kelly mccrimmon uh, answering the question about you know the future and I know there's a lot to unpack, isn't there, Steve? And I, I realize really this is sportsbook is. radio, but this is the big news here locally, and this needs to be talked about. Uh, by the way, phone number here, 702-221-7283, if you want to sound off about anything to do with the Golden Knights or just anything in sports, but we'll be focusing on the Golden Knights for sure. And I thought, you know, first of all, it was very interesting. I mean, 
And I told you first thing I saw you this morning, uh, when I saw you this morning. Uh, I, the more I think about it, the madder I get about this. What has you angriest? What, what has me angriest is, A, this new language that not only Kel- Kelly McCrimmon has, but other GMs have when they go to fire their coaches. Mm-hmm. And they can hide behind the, the, the term, we need a new voice. I mean, that's what everybody's hiding behind. My team behind. did it a week ago. Everybody needs a well, My wife needs a new voice. My kids need a new voice. But, in fact, there's something to be said for continuity and longevity. And at one point, I'm sure the Nashville Predators needed a new voice as well. But Barry Trotz stayed and became a Hall of Famer coach. Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I hate this. Don't. I don't like this. <laughs> Every time I say, my kids say hate, and I said, don't say hate. So I say it, and I don't want to say it. But I dislike it strongly. Need a new voice. Mm-hmm. Tell me exactly what it was that Pete DeBoer did wrong. Because you look at his winning percentage and sure. wins and losses, and that's the first column, isn't it, Steve? And Guys, that, isn't that the that first level- one? That's what you judged on. Is this the first one we look at? Do you win? What's wrong with what he did? And what was wrong with what he did under the circumstances? Mm-hmm. Correct. What was wrong with, and I'll tell you, it comes down to in this organization, and they have a problem. And I don't know who is the source of the problem, but when it comes down to it, there, there's two people. Possibly three. I don't feel this way about Bill Foley, so I don't put him in there. I, I, I kind of throw him in a separate category, and not in a bad way. He's a guy that says, I'm going to hire these people to do their job, and I expect it to be done. Mm-hmm. That's where I think he is. Does he want to win? Sure he does. Is there a unusual sense of urgency for them to win because of various factors? For sure there is. Mm-hmm. Once he got a taste of the of the of the fruit in year one, mm-hmm. all plans went out the window. Right. All plans for cup and six or five or whatever the plan was one. became it, cup and one. When they were playing Winnipeg in the conference final, it was cup and one. And our friend Ken Bulky from Sinbin Vegas made shirts up to that effect and did pretty well with those, by the way. Here's my thought. Super happy. Yeah. Here's my thought. There's more to this, obviously, to unpack from the Golden Knights' perspective, but they will never tell you. So when I walked into the room yesterday at City National, I knew full well that we were never going to find out the reason, the true reason why the team cut ties with Pete DeBoer. Pete was not made available. Pete didn't even give a statement. You know, sometimes a coach will be allowed to say, hey, just want to thank everybody. You know, we did our, the best we could. It just didn't work out. Good luck to all. You know, they didn't even have that for him. So it makes you wonder. Well, well that wasn't expected, though. No, was no, it, Steve? No, I mean, that's not, not, no. not what this organization's but, about. But what I'm saying is I didn't expect Kelly McCrimmon to come out and say that we had issues communicating with some guys in the room. Our power play sucked. 
and that's on the coach and his staff. And I also found it really interesting, and I think we talked about this very briefly yesterday, but maybe we get into it a little bit more right now, that they let Ryan McGill go, who did a pretty good job with the defense, especially when Martinez went out Mm -hmm. and McNabb was out for a while and Haig was out and White Cloud had injury issues. Okay? I thought he, he was doing a fairly good job. So why let him go? Can I just further that but point? But keep Brian Craig. It, it, to that point? Yeah. I don't know uh, defensively. How many times down the stretch did, uh, even before you came into the show, we were talking with Stevie Slapshot about this. Mm-hmm. How many times down the stretch did their opponents not get in double-digit shots until – Five minutes into the second period, sometimes. Uh, I know there was the odd games where that wasn't true. Right. But I thought well, defensively they were fantastic. Yeah. I down mean, the stretch. And I think the players like Brian McGill. I, I mean, when I was covering the team, he had a great relationship with you know Colin Miller, Lucas Spiza. I'm talking about the first-year guys. Yeah. Shea, who was a young player then. And... I, I was just surprised. And, you know, they kept Misha Donskoff, who was basically their analytics guy when he was hired six years From ago. Yep. And, and got moved into a coaching position when DeBoer took over for Gallant. And Mike Rosati may indeed have a future still with the organization in some form. So, depending on what happens. So, I thought it was very interesting. I knew Spot was dead. He was gone. When the board's gone, Spot's gone with him. So that's fine. Because he was going to be the scapegoat one way or the other when it was all said and done. If they had kept the board, and who knows? We don't know this, but maybe the board was offered an opportunity to save his job if he was willing to change his staff, including let Steve Spot, who he goes back to junior hockey coaching with. Well, interesting point on that. Because, by all reports, the way that this went down was Kelly McCrimmon and Pete DeBoer had numerous conversations before Kelly went to McPhee Mm -hmm. and then to Bill Foley. And, of course, George is watching this unfold every day. You know, yeah, it's not practice. like oh, you know, it's this not like isn't a, a big surprise yeah, to George. It's not like well, it and wasn't it's not a big, even a big surprise to Bill. That's exactly right. Yeah. So it's not like all of a sudden there was this sudden enlightenment in the front office about the lousy power play, and and to a, a lesser extent the lousy penalty kill, which of course maybe coincided with Riley Smith's knee injury, as he is one of their best yeah. penalty killers. So, well, isn't it interesting too that I've always made the point on this show about this is the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. And I say that in a loving way from my heart, <laughs> but for the rest of, you know, the, the, the yeah, for the rest of the, um, and, and for the rest of America who hasn't latched on yet to the Cowboys or the Golden Knights, the fact of the matter is, and, I, and the reason why I say this is, this is beginning to be an organization where, the relationship between coach, GM, and owner is almost important as important as what you do on the ice. I mean, how many 
how many organizations in hockey that you know are going on their third head coach in a six-year span? And not had even, the success well, that even, they've had. Yeah, yeah. You I tell. mean, if we were talking about the Coyotes, I would say, okay, I got it. Right. I got it. Like, yeah. If the Coyotes made a, another coaching change this afternoon, nobody would be shocked. And that would be their third coach. <laughs> if they made two today. Yeah. <laughs> two head coaching changes nothing in one day. Would, we wouldn't shock. No. 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 And, and so that's why fans, a lot of fans are still angry that Pete DeBoer ever came here in the first place. And Not only did he come here and replace a guy that took a team to the Stanley Cup final, which I'm sure they're tired of hearing, probably didn't get along. You know, you remember, well, so it was all about playing time in that first year it's funny with him. Because Willie Ramirez from the AP asked McCrimmon, is there any regret in having fired Gallant? It's a great question. And, of course, McCrimmon sidestepped it very adeptly yeah, and was never answering let, it. Let me just uh, – I'll paraphrase what he probably said. And, of course, this is probably um, – we're very comfortable in our decisions. However, the organization has moved forward. and We're very happy where we are right now, and we're going to continue to get better, and yeah. that's going to be our focus right now. That's the gist of it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, why do you even go to these things? Well, because you never know when they're going to say something like Mark Stone's having back surgery on Wednesday. I could have read that on Twitter. Well, <laughs> so what do you think about that? You know, here. Well, I'll, uh, we talked about it. I, I put it immediately out on Twitter when Kelly McCrimmon said, right. well, we expect him to be back for training for, camp. For training camp. We, we are anticipating him being back for training camp. The first thing, now I'm not a doctor, but I certainly pretend to be one. And I will tell you, then you can attest to this because you've had issues with your back in the past. Playing hockey. When, this is My not, career ended. This is not just having injury. issues with your back. Yeah. This is having surgery on your back. Yes. And so I you, didn't even it, have that. And, and this could go from, and, and you're right, because the first thing, and I'm going to say what you said, because that's the first thing I thought of as well. First of all, the thoughts, the thoughts that ran through my head. Number one, there's no way... I think him being back for camp, depending on the type of surgery. Right. See, that's he, the other key to this right. thing. We don't it, know exactly. It's 50-50 more than we expect. Or it could be a situation, depending on the surgery, where he's going to be out quite a while. And, he's and even if he does come back, how long is that back going to bother him? Because that is a that is a part of your body that just needs to be 100%. And then the third thing that you brought up that I wasn't willing to throw out there on social media, but certainly thought this might be the swan the swan song, the retirement. Look. Do I think he'll come back? Yes. Do I think he'll come back and realize, is there potential that he comes back and realizes I can't be the Mark Stone that everybody thinks I should be? Yes. That is what that's leads where, him to retirement. That's where I think we have to... Seriously, look at him, Mark. And there's Stone. your cat money. <laughs> well, Mark Stone's sorry, sorry Mark, it's not funny. Decision right now. will be his because if he can't play at the level he's accustomed to, yeah, then I don't, think, really, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's just going to take money and just for the sake of taking it, he'll he'll step away from the game. You know what else really bothers me? 
this really bothered me too and this is not golden knights related um directly with what bothered me was we were the first show to basically on the air break this and talk about this i i locally here oh so then i get into my car yesterday turned on the radio thinking okay i'm gonna bounce around and hear what everybody else is talking about mm-hmm. not one station and this is not a rip on anybody because there's a lot of people in this town i really like and really respect not one station was talking about it really? three stations nba postseason guess what we don't have an nba team what are you talking about i mean yes you have to talk about the nba we would love to talk about the nba that's not what the main story here is is here in las vegas i i just we, we need three stations talking about this and nobody's talking about pete the boar we're the first ones to have a reaction from the press conference yeah, and I know you probably did a podcast. That's, that, it doesn't count. Okay, it's nice when I run across it on Twitter. Mm. But I just, I was angry because this is a hockey town. And it's not just us saying it. It's not just us uh, who live here saying it. Mm-hmm. It's people that are, um, Mick Kern from the NHL radio network, mm-hmm. who was in Las Vegas last week, flat out said, He's from Toronto. Mm-hmm. I can't believe how hockey crazy that town is. He said, I could find hockey easier on TV with the Golden Knights being out of the postseason. He said, than in most places I can find it in Toronto. That's what he said. He said, the, lo- the logo's everywhere. He said, you certainly can see the Raiders logo, but it's dominated by Gold- the Golden Knights. And granted, mm-hmm. they've had a few years to work on that more than the Raiders have. Right. But this is a hockey town. Why aren't you talking about hockey? I, I can't speak for other stations or other shows. All I know is what we did, and uh, we're talking about it today, and we'll talk about it in the second hour as well. So, I just wanted to see if everybody was as upset. And the more I thought about it, I wasn't – I mean, I guess you get to the point, right, Steve, where we kind of root for stories, and this is a great story, and show wrote itself, and not a lot of prep had to go into it, which is always good. Right. But yeah. I just got upset because the more I thought about it and the more I went into the numbers, does this simply come down to your ability to coincide with management? I agree. Like is said, there no is there no gray area, Steve? Where where no. hey, that's a great coach. We don't want to lose him, and we trust him. Why don't they trust their coaches the way Bill Foley trusts them? Mm. That's a great question for Bill Foley. We'd love to get him on and talk to him about that very thing. But again, Bill Foley is a big military guy, and and that means structure, and, and that, that means. means Chain of command. Chain of command. Thank you. Yep. And right. his chain of command, his generals are in charge of running it. Okay. But when he says to the RJ, he's going to take a more active role. What does that even mean? What the hell does that mean? Does that mean if they have a chance to get it's going to be Bill third- Forsberg from Nashville, he gets a say in it and says, 
I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Philip Forsberg. When, you know, McCrimmon and McPhee say, hey, this guy helps get us over the top, you know, yeah, we'll or, d- or whatever. We'll dive into that because, I mean, yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means he's going to have – tell them what he wants. If that <laughs> – I don't know if that means yeah. he's playing, you know, third-line center. I don't have an idea of exactly what that means. But he is going to be more involved – so it does come to a point, and we'll yeah, take a break I, here in a second. Doesn't it come to the point where, okay, you, you've blamed everybody else? At some point. At some point. Where is the responsibility lie with them? That's right. Okay. Absolutely. All, all I'll say to wrap up this segment is there's certainly much more to this than what McCrimmon led on. Of course. And, but there's the Leonard thing with the Washington game. Uh, there's other players, perhaps, who were not, who had fallen into uh, disfavor with DeBoer or vice versa, and obviously they they were unable to fix their special teams issues. Yeah, and we'll talk about a great quote by, I mean, you call it spade a spade, a great quote quote by Jesse Granger from the Athletic that I really want to get into. I mean, it basically was in three parts that I want to break down because specifically the last part of his quote that was very interesting to me, and I'm going to try to get more of an idea of what that means. But we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. in the show. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Randeep Jandev from Sportsnet 650 and Hockey Night in Canada, the Punjabi edition, will join us. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. 
during all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles Game Day Giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire complete details available at all sports books oh here's a little story i got to tell about three bad brothers you know so well it started way back in history with that rap and me my team been had a little horsey named paul revere just me and my horsey in a court of beer right across the land all right welcome back to sportsbook radio brought to you by station casinos and the stn <laughs> app that's chris johnson Cranking out the Beastie Boys. Yep. Better be Beastie Boys. It's always Beastie Boys. Paul Revere. (laughs) See, now, I really liked Beastie Boys quite a bit. Oh, yeah. There was something, and you know, I'm more of a hard rock guy, but there was something about them that was right on the edge of hard rock. There was something cool about them. They were different. I I don't know. I I kind of embraced them a little bit. Every single one of their songs is, like, basically clean. There's, like, hardly any cussing in any of their songs. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just... Just pure, great storytelling. Yeah, no, I. Hey, listen, I, I'm. I the older you get, the more you encompass other music. Like when I was young, it was like, oh wow, if you don't have three guitars and your band, you, you know, you, you're horrible. <laughs> but as some, there was something about them I just I embraced. So anyway, good job on that. Steve Carp on Dana Lane back to Sportsbook Radio. Uh, the NHL postseason is of course back at it tonight, but of course. It's been overshadowed by what's been going on here locally with the firing of Pete DeBoer. Uh, And, you know, you speculate who the new voice is that they're desperately looking for. I I just, that drives me nuts now that GMs are just hiding behind, we need a new voice. I mean, what's wrong with, what what is somebody going to say that Pete DeBoer has been in this league forever is not not going to say? Here's what I'll say to that. John Cooper is in his tenth year coaching the Lightning. Okay, but John Cooper, how they could have easily. Voice, how come his exa- voice right, exactly. hasn't gone stale? Well, not only that, did John Cooper not have success when he started? Did his voice go not go stale? I still go back to Barry Trotz in Nashville. Mm-hmm. His voice didn't go stale, and they didn't find success until their sixth year well, or fifth and, year. And speaking of that. Right, the Islanders hired Lane Lambert yesterday, yes. who has been with Barry from Nashville to Washington yes. to the Islands. Same words, different lips. Well, it's exactly what you're going to. I, 
So don't tell think, me you think, need a new voice. I think Lane Lambert will be his own man, and I do think he does relate perhaps better with Barzal and Wallstrom and a couple of the younger Islanders. That's what it comes players. down to. And if he does, they'll be fine. Let's bring in our first yes. guest from Hockey Night in Canada, Putin Jambi edition, and the People Show on Sportsnet 650, Randeep Janda. And before we get to the games and the Golden Knights, I mean, I, I'm, we've been watching you from afar and just being so inspired by what you have done, what you have uh, given to you know other communities that wouldn't normally be uh, maybe invested on a nightly basis in hockey. I mean, do you, you sit back and you think, wow, I have really made a mark in a sport uh, that is so, you know, maybe sometimes it's difficult to make a mark in because, you know, old school is always there. And But, but you're your own guy, and you have brought this sport to a lot of different people. Well, thanks for having me on the show, Dan. I really appreciate it, and thank you for the kind words. It, it's, you know, it's pretty crazy the way that the last eight years have gone since I started working for Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. And, and what I'll say is that, you know, it's when you look back at the experience and the places I've been able to go and the people I've been able to meet and, as you mentioned, you know, being able to open up the game to so many different people and maybe introducing them to it, hearing stories, it, you do look back and say, wow, it's been a pretty wild ride. And I'm very, very humbled. And I'm, it's not only me as well, it's the entire team. We have a, a team of, you know, 12 people that work on the show every single week, whether they're on the screen, behind the scene, uh, producers. So, you know, it, it, I'm the host of the show, and therefore I get a lot of the attention because I'm the one who's, uh, you know, guiding the ship, so to speak. But it's, been really cool to work with a team that are are just so inspired and and it's a a great way to as you mentioned just you know hopefully and this is what i've been you know wondering for the last few years and hoping for and trying to build towards is hopefully the hockey night canada punjabi show acts as a as a, a motivation to other language groups other communities and and we're starting to see that across the league which is amazing so thank you very much once again for uh, the kind words no it's fantastic and i think that people that make their mark in the sport should absolutely be recognized because there's a lot of people that work hard and, and make their own trails but never really get recognized because sometimes people are too worried about recognizing somebody else and, and having it affect their own trails but uh, there is no doubt I mean, what was it last year? Six different languages. The Stanley Cup was broadcast. Maybe seven different languages. The Stanley Cup final was broadcast in. I mean, uh, that sort of inroad with this sport just makes the sport that we love bigger. So you, you do deserve a pat on the back. Well, thank you. And you know what? The the wild thing is that Hockey Night Canada Punjabi started it as a pilot project. It was just a all right, let's see where this goes. And at some point, either it continues or hey, maybe we gave it a shot and it didn't really hit. Luckily for us, it hit, and over the years, it's built a, a really big following that's turned global now as well, and it's awesome to see that other language groups, you know, we've seen the Hispanic community, uh, especially south of the border, really. I, I know there's a lot of hockey communities in Brazil, team-supported uh, groups in Portuguese, and, you know, across the board when we look at some of the, uh, you know, other communities as well. So it's, it's amazing to see the growth in the game, and that's important, right? If you want to you wanna really make this a global game, you have to do that. You have to welcome in other folks of other backgrounds and make sure that they have entry points to the game. And listening to hockey in their language or the language that they grow up uh, speaking is really, really important. Yeah, I, I've also I've tried cricket night in Vegas, but that has just it hasn't no, no not yet. And I think people listen to me way too much, so that has not uh, taken off yet. But I'm still trying, so I do appreciate your efforts. Hey. 
so we, I don't know if you were listening to what we were saying, but there's too many GMs now that are talking about, you know, we, the team needs a new voice, which is just a great way of saying we didn't win uh, enough, I guess is the case here in Vegas. I mean, is there something to say for continuity? And there's there's something to be said for let's give this guy a long-term chance. And yes, like any relationship, we may not see eye to eye through it, but we are going to work our way through it. And then at the end of our contract, the one that we signed, that we guaranteed you X amount of time to show us what you can do, then we will reevaluate where we are. I, I just, you know, Steve and I kind of shake our head about, you know, Pete DeBoer and, and certainly uh, the way that the Vegas Golden Knights have gone about their business, not only with DeBoer, but with Golan as well. I mean, there's... What have these guys done, really, to get fired? And really, if you take a look at their record, I mean, how many other teams would say, yeah, we'll take that any day? Yeah, you know, the coaching situation in Vegas, and I think Vegas is very unique to some other markets. I'm based in Vancouver. Obviously, a change of voice was required here, and Bruce Boudreau worked out excellently for the Vancouver Canucks. But that wasn't a team that was expected to be going deep into the playoffs. When you talk about continuity, you know, Toronto is an example. They're, they're going to have to make a, a choice on Sheldon Keith this year to say, okay, do we stick with this guy? He showed some good things. They lost in the first round, but there was progress. Continuity is going to be a big talking point in Toronto. And I think Vegas is very, very similar to maybe a Tampa Bay in the sense that there were moments where, yes, they went to the cup final. Yes, they had, you know, moments where they, they, there was a serious speed bump and they didn't have the progress that they wanted. But I think it really does come down to the ownership group. It depends on how patient your ownership group is willing to be. And as we know in Vegas, as you guys know better than anybody else, if you look at the aggressive moves that management has made, clearly there's a directive from ownership to get things done and get things done quickly. You know, if you're able to move out Nate Schmidt, if you're able to move out other players over the years and be really aggressive and, and make those moves for Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Alex Petrangelo, coaching, I, I think this is very much of the same type of move where you're saying, hey, by any means necessary, and the standard is so high. I, I'm with you. I think Gerard Gallant, the original move, I, I was scratching my head at that one as well because I, I think he's one of the better coaches in the league. He was, you know, I get a vote for the Coach of the Year and the Jack Adams Award, and he's on my ballot. He's on one of my top three candidates for the job he's done in New York. That's how strong of a job and a coach I think he is. But I think with the Vegas ownership group and management, you guys know as well as anybody that it just seems like it's, all right, let's get this thing going immediately. And even though 500 games, man games were lost this year to injury, it, it is a bit of a shocking move. But from a distance, guys, it feels like it's kind of par for the course from this organization based on some of the player moves they've made. You know, it, it, it remains a uh, a head-scratcher. Dana and I have been here since the founding of the franchise. Hey, real quick, I want to switch topics. You were mentioning the Maple Leafs, and, you know, the news came down yesterday about Mitch Marner being a victim of a carjacking in Etobicoke, which is a suburb of Toronto and where the Leafs have their practice facility, I believe. What What is this resonating throughout Canada? and specifically in Toronto, and do you think this is a byproduct of the Leafs coming up short in Game 7 the other night? Or is it just a byproduct of him having a nice car? 
Yeah, I think that is probably the bigger part here. It's a, <laughs> an individual that clearly is having, you know, as well off as driving a really nice car. It's, it did resonate in terms of the original question there. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think there were original reports coming out that it happened, and, and people are, first of all, saying, wow, is he okay? Uh, and just, uh, you know, it's been a, it's a bad week because obviously there's the hockey side of things, then there's the human side of things. And, you know, as a local guy, He's grown up in that area. He's decided to stay in that city. He wanted to sign long-term there. Obviously, there was a bit of a contract standoff. But for the most part, you know, he is very well loved in that city. So to me, I think yesterday that was just an unfortunate event, which is on a human side of thing. It's, it's You hope for the best with this player, yeah. and you hope that he's all right. But it's just the Leafs are in such a, a difficult situation right now that – they were better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. There's a lot of negativity in that market just in general of, all right, we had the better team during the regular season. You could argue they had a better team five-on-five during the playoffs as well. They still didn't get the job done. So your point about negativity, absolutely it's there. But I think this is just an unfortunate circumstance of just having a nice car, as you mentioned, Dana, and, and being you know maybe at the wrong place at the wrong time. Or maybe there was uh, some intent there as well, but... It just seems like a really, really unfortunate incident. Hopefully he's all right. Yeah. How long is it acceptable when you talk about the process of winning a Stanley Cup? And I know a lot of people talked about the Leafs and said, hey, look, I mean, they are moving forward for sure. But there doesn't there come a time where you have to really move forward and, and the fan base, which I, I think is more similar to Vegas than it is uh, Tampa in many ways because of the expectations, but uh, the inability to get it done at the end. And of course, you know, Toronto's got way more of a, a history and, and landscape of not getting it done more than Vegas has. But I, I kind of feel that same. I mean, I don't know if I want to go negativity, but maybe expectations that Toronto has. And maybe that's not right for this market to have those type of expectations. But, but say Vegas is going through the process now. I mean, how long can fans really expect the process to continue especially here where it's so you know up and down all the time and you never know who's going to be in or out from from game to game both from injuries or just you know getting fired as we saw I mean how long should that process actually take before management says okay that this process with this group is not working well, I think with Vegas, there's the one thing that hasn't isn't happening there that's happening in places like Toronto, where it's the the expectation and the history of the situation. What was really weighing a lot of people down, I will say in Toronto and in Vancouver, whenever they're in the playoffs, uh, most recently lost to Vegas in the bubble a few years back. There's the the history side of things, where you know Vancouver hasn't won a cup before, the Leafs haven't been to the promised land in years. They, they haven't won a playoff series since 2004, so that tells you how terrible the situation has been. But I think in terms of you know patience, uh, one thing for Vegas that's really, really important here is when you have a healthy team, a fully healthy team, a Jack Eichel that is up to speed, a Mark Stone that is actually healthy and has a, hopefully a good offseason and he's ready to go for camp, and you have your situation goal sorted out, whether that's Robin Leonard or somebody else for that matter, I still think this team is a very strong team, and there's going to be some questions about depth. You have to make some moves to free up some space, but I think Vegas is unique to this because they are still, for the most part, they haven't played together fully healthy, so therefore patience is required there. This is a a team that I know a lot of Vegas Golden Knights fans would probably be saying, hey, the expectations are higher, but have you really had this team that's fully healthy? Because I can tell you across the Pacific Division, 
people look at that Vegas team and say, that's a scary team when healthy. Now, the Toronto example to me, we've had 0 for 10 in series-clinching games. This is, and I'm talking about this core specifically. That level of patience is a different question. Now with Toronto, you're probably saying, all right, how do we move forward here? How do we change something up? Because this is an issue with this core. This is an issue with this core when they're fully healthy, they're ready to go. So to me, I think Toronto's a completely different conversation where they're saying, we've tried everything. We had a better team than Tampa during the regular season, yet we still cannot get past this. Maybe it's a mental block. Maybe it's something else. But I do think they need a shake-up probably on the player side of things. Maybe management and coaching is not assessed this year. Maybe it's not addressed. But I do feel like a big move will be coming in Toronto this year. Maybe a guy like William Nylander is potentially traded. Yeah, apparently it's being reported on Twitter that – Shanahan said both uh, Dubas and uh, and Sheldon will be back with the Leafs. Hey, let me switch gears, talk about teams that are still playing hockey. And uh, the Battle of Alberta is back on. Calgary, Edmonton, a lot of people think the Flames are rolling through the Oilers. Your thoughts on the series? Does Edmonton have a shot in your mind? Yeah, all of Canada is excited for this matchup. At the moment that Calgary ended up winning that game. People were licking their chops. And I, I think Calgary, if you look at complete teams, are one of the more complete teams, right? You've got that line. You've got a, a pretty solid, you've got a Vesna contender in goal. And they've got a pretty, pretty balanced, uh, sorry, balanced team as well. And this is a, a team that does have some depth. So to me, you know, I think Calgary is a stronger team. They play a structured game. And what's really important during the playoffs is can you beat a team a few different ways? Can you grind through games? They did that. They played Dallas, who was a very difficult matchup, to slow down the game. They played their style. Calgary ended up beating them eventually, even if barely. Now, the question here is going to be, how much structure, how much defensive responsibility do the Edmonton Oilers have in their game? Because during the regular season against Calgary, they didn't have much of all. And you saw that when Calgary put up nine goals against them late in the season. So that's going to be a question. And also... Connor McDavid, we saw what he can do in that first round. He's a different McDavid this year. In that first round, he was more physical. He was more driven. He put up the points. Can that line outproduce Calgary's top line, which was the best line in hockey? I still think Calgary takes it, but Connor McDavid did hit another gear in that series against L.A., especially in Game 7 where he willed his team to victory. He's going to have to do that over probably six or seven games. I don't think Edmonton has the depth or the style of play that Calgary does. Eventually, I think Calgary takes it. I still think this one's going six or seven games, though, guys. Yeah. Is Mike Smith, uh, the way he's playing, capable of stealing a game or two in this series and maybe getting the Oilers uh, into the conference final? I think he's capable of stealing a game. Can he? Is he capable of stealing a series, though? That yeah. is the question. And I, most of that is, you know, we saw Johnny Gaudreau really pick up this game. Elias Lindholm is one of the most uh, least talked about players, most underrated players in the NHL, 40-goal score. And Matthew Kachuk is starting to get going as well. So I think Mike Smith can steal a game, maybe two, but asking him to steal a series against this team that is so good on the counterattack, that can you know pick you apart when you overcommit on the offensive side of things, I think that might be asking too much. The big question in this series is going to be Leon Dreisaitl. Is he healthy or is he not? Because if he is not healthier, if he doesn't get healthier, that's going to be a very tough ask for the Edmonton Oilers to win this series. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, when they're together playing on the same line, they can, they can beat you by themselves. 
But if Leon Dreisaitl at 60%, 70%, that's an entirely different team that just doesn't have that same firepower. Yeah, I mean, the Flames are a minus-185 favorite to win the series. So it's not like it's that lopsided, unlike Colorado, who's a 4-1 four, four to one favorite to beat St. Louis. Um, in fact, uh, the, only, the only of the, the four series... Florida is minus 165, and as you know, betting's kind of important here in Vegas, but as we've seen, the NHL has embraced sports betting uh, for a couple of years now, and it's even uh, taken off in Ontario with legalized sports betting. Are there other provinces that are looking to uh, also get involved in the sports betting business full-time? Oh, so there are there is sports betting in certain provinces, but it hasn't opened up to the major books yet. So there are certain provinces that do deal with uh, you know books that are based here provincially. So it is already a thing. Like on my radio show on Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, we talk about it all the time. You know whether mm-hmm. it's the line, whether it's anytime goal bets. Uh, so Vegas is definitely seeping into the rest of Canada as well yeah. in terms of just the game. You know, being such an attractive place when you're talking about props or or you know whether it's you know anytime goal bets i think the casual fan is now much more into it than it was last year and and you see that even though it's really only gotten the go ahead across uh, you know ontario in terms of other sports books uh, other fans you know across the country are, are all in it and you see it on hockey night in canada which is you know the pre- the brand in in canadian hockey um, there there's advertisements and there's segments with sports betting on that show as well, which is a very respected, hallowed um, show in our country. So, you know, it's seeping through every element of hockey here. I think on, on you know, teams are signing their individual deals with books. You've also got uh, our national show, which is which is the biggest deal in this country, now having a number of advertisers and a number of segments, uh, whether it's anytime goal bets, whether it's props, whatever it may be. So we're all in at this point, guys. Yeah, even NHL Network has a, a segment you know dedicated to sports wagering. It's crazy because it used to be this taboo thing that you know only degenerates like me would talk about, but now <laughs> it's it's right out there. I mean, it doesn't matter the network or the sport; they're talking about it, uh, you know, pretty freely now. Which which is great. We're talking to Randeep Janda, who is with Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi edition, and the People Show on Sportsnet 650. And just a couple minutes with you. I, I had a question uh, going back to the Golden Knights again. You know, this is an organization that seems to always like to bring in guys with something to prove, which leads me to believe that a guy like Barry Trotz is not who they would, they would be looking for. And we're looking at an organization that – it is real. It is necessary to get along with the head coach. They've proven that so far. And yesterday it came up. Steve had a you know he had an idea that Rick Tockett is that guy. And the more I think about it, and the more when Kelly McCrimmon talks about we haven't talked to anybody, which you can you can guarantee it's the opposite of everything that he says. Uh, it makes a lot of sense that we're going to wait for Taka to get done with his TNT duties, and then he would move right in. And this is a guy that I think is a good coach. If he has the right situation, he would have the right situation here, and he's got something to prove, which is the number one thing that this organization looks for. Uh, to me, it makes more and more sense the, the, the more I actually look at it. Yeah, Rick talking to me, and this was a conversation that we actually had in Vancouver as well, because for a while there, it wasn't you know 100% that Bruce Boudreau was coming back to Vancouver. He's now committed. 
Uh, but there was a discussion here in the city of, if not Bruce, where do you go? And I, I thought Ritaka would be an excellent choice as well for a lot of those reasons you mentioned. But there's a couple of things that he does really, really well. A, there is structure to his game. Somebody that you're, you know, you're comfortable with teaching the defensive side of things. Even those Arizona teams that really didn't have the most skill on their team when he was coaching them, he did get the most out of them. I look at players like Connor Garland. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's and, you know, something Connor there. Ekman Larson no, played sure. well under Tockett. He he flourished. Oh, absolutely. And, and Garland's a guy I've talked to specifically yeah. about his game with Rick Tockett. That buy-in factor. Guys love to play with him. It's not maybe consensus. He he's a very intense coach as well. But you know, one thing is that he does provide that structure. Now, the question I would have is, we've never seen Rick Tockett coach a team with actual offensive stars, and that's what makes it really, really enticing from a Vegas team is, you know, traditionally we look at Tockett's team and say, okay, they're not the most offensive, but he hasn't had that sort of player group with them. You put him on a Vegas, I think you would be able to see something from a Tockett that maybe we haven't seen. So I'm with you. I think that's a name that's been a name that's high on my list as well for other vacancies. He is somebody that's also getting a lot of good, you know, PR these days. People are loving his analysis. And, you know, having had a little bit of experience of chatting with him over his years when he was an assistant coach uh, working with the Pittsburgh Penguins, he's a guy that players love. Players love playing for, especially when he was an assistant. So, to me, I, I think he's – Barry Trotz is clearly the number one choice for a lot of teams. News coming out today that he's interviewing for the Winnipeg Jets job. Of course. Uh, remember, he is, he is a local of that area. He's from that area. Um, he's the number one target for a lot of teams. But Rick Tockett, I, I would argue, is number two on that list. And I could see that fit in Vegas quite mm-hmm. clearly. And I, another team I'd look at is Philadelphia, his former team, uh, where they need somebody who provides a little structure to their game. They need a, a, a voice that people take yeah. seriously. So Philadelphia is another team that I'd put on that list. Yeah. Hey, Randeep, we appreciate you coming on. And, and tell everybody where they can find your work. You can hit me up at, uh, at Randeep Janda on Twitter. And, of course, the people show Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver and Hockey Night in Canada, Punjabi. Hit us up at omnitv.ca slash hockey. You can catch us online as well. So thank you very much for having me on, guys. And uh, love chatting hockey with you. Nah, you're fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so thank much you, and all Randy. the best to you. Okay, that does it for Sportsbook Radio. We'll take a short break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about the teams that are playing. We're going to have Andrew McGinnis on, and he'll – talk to you and give his opinion about where you should put your cash.